Yeah. Uh, and not not intentionally. They're like the other guy. I, I think you and I it happened through Pot It, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, the other guy just reached out to me the other day. But um, yeah, we're gonna probably start doing a lot more podcasts here soon. Oh, sweet, sweet. Yeah. All right. Hey guys, welcome to the Creative Entrepreneur. Today we have an amazing guest for you. We're gonna be talking about building your business through LinkedIn and we're gonna catapult your business through LinkedIn. So you don't wanna miss this episode. So stay tuned. Coming to you from San Antonio, Texas. Welcome to The Creative Entrepreneur, a podcast created to help entrepreneurs build their business. Branding, marketing, analytics, positioning, and lead generation. Plus, interviews with other business owners to learn from their successes and failures. Now, here is your host, Abel Garza. Hey guys, welcome back to The Creative Entrepreneur. Today we have an amazing guest for you. He is the creator of Grow and Give, and he is also the owner of Lead Baller. He's an expert in LinkedIn lead generation. Please help me welcome Jimmy Coleman. How are you doing today? What's up, man? Happy to be here. Hey, man. I'm glad to have you on the show today uh, because a lot of what you're going to talk about LinkedIn, I'm not very familiar with as far as lead generation, and it's a great topic to get businesses uh, growing. Tell me a little bit about who you are, what you do, and how you help your customers. Yeah, uh, you know Jimmy Coleman uh, again founded those two companies, and uh, we work with a lot of really cool clients, random entrepreneur, like 23 year olds, whiz kids who just started their own business and had six figure companies, and we help them double their company within a couple of weeks, and then clients, you know, as big as, you know, TikTok is one of our really happy clients as well. So um, at the end of the day, when people think of LinkedIn and they need help on LinkedIn, most people uh, throw my name out there. Uh, and that's, that's how I get a lot of clients. It, it's funny enough, we're, we do a lot of lead generation, but a lot of our clients still uh, come from uh, word of mouth. Mm. So as far as lead generation and building your business, I, I know that there's people out there that do this for a living like yourself. And there's businesses out there that reach out to you to grow their business. But what if I just wanted to have the type of business that you're that you're in right now, which is lead generation? What are some of the components that I need? Yeah, if someone were were to go into a similar business model as as what as what we have, is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. So like, I want to yeah. start the, a lead generation mm-hmm. a company. Yeah, I think it's really important, uh, especially if you have any success with with marketing. Like, you know, for me, like I just love the game of marketing. It's I, I like the idea of even turning it into an art form. And uh, something I, I had to learn the hard way is what is the most energizing way for me to offer this solution to the marketplace? And because you have a couple options, right? You have one option, which is you could just be a coach or a consultant where you teach people these things, right? Mm-hmm. The other option you have is you could scale more of an agency, like a done-for-you agency. Well, right now we're a done-for-you agency, but we got here the hard way. We got here by me having to find out that I don't actually enjoy you know, coaching and consulting people because here's what I realized. And this is the best analogy is, is uh, like a fitness trainer, right? Mm-hmm. So a fitness trainer, like they all look good. They all have the six pack abs and have a body that anybody would want, but not all of them are, are good at getting you to change your life habits to have a, a similar body to them, mm-hmm. right? So 
for me, I got, I realized that I did not get energized by trying to help people with their daddy problems to get them to change their, you know, their daily habits to eventually implement the marketing strategies that I knew worked. Mm -hmm. And the people who did implement it, you know, they got amazing results, but most of the people that even if they paid me, they wouldn't do that. And so, and I wasn't really willing to become obsessed much like, you know, Tony Robbins is a great example. He is obsessed with getting to the core of the human psychology of what is going to get you um, to, you know, change those daily habits every single day. That's not where I get energized. I get energized by taking the steering wheel and, and, and getting the results for the client. So that's something that you have to think to yourself real quick. Like what, it, what am I more okay with being obsessed over whatever, whatever you end up doing, you should be obsessed with it. Mm-hmm. I, I really do believe that. Um, but are you going to be more energized by, uh, just taking the freaking steering wheel or, mm-hmm. Do you have the patience and the care to actually work with a client in a way that um, you can you can consult them and coach them and just understand in order for them to implement, they're going to have to change their daily habits in order to get them to do that. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to get to know what is blocking them from implementing uh, much more beyond just teaching them a trick. Right. Yeah. So uh, I think that's a really good place to start as like a foundation for, uh, hey, you want to you want to grow a marketing company. Cool. Mm-hmm. Well, you have to you have to decide which route are you going to go, and that's something that's a question you have to answer for yourself right off the bat. Is this something that you educated yourself before implementing it, like, or did you just jump in and just say, oh, hey, you know yeah. what, I'm just going to start no, helping people? Yeah. So the story of how I even uh, how it even got here is it's it's very natural. Um, so I was a my first hustle, by the way, was selling Cutco knives to my friends' moms and stuff, and I did it for three years actually. So I learned to uh, be okay with hearing no, and and actually not just not caring, uh, becoming numb to the, to the word no. Right. Yeah. And, and that's where I really got, you know, on the right path. That was a really good foundation for me. But then I became a finalizer after doing that. And, uh, I was, I'm from a really small town called Waynesboro, Virginia. Uh-huh. And, uh, I really wanted to work with, you know, high performing C-level executives, entrepreneurs, things like that. But there just wasn't a lot to go around in that small town. So I hopped on LinkedIn, started messaging people and I made a, a lot of mistakes. I was the guy spamming people on LinkedIn um, like five <laughs> years ago before it was a thing that everybody did. Right. Yeah. So um, I made a lot of mistakes and I realized that when I would try to uh, send messages to people and um I was coming across as a desperate marketer. I lost my positioning as a salesperson who eventually wanted to have more of an authoritative relationship with my client where I was the advisor to my client. It was really hard to start off on that foot when I came across them as desperate. So I eventually hacked the process where I actually found a way for to get my prospects to start messaging me on a daily basis up to 20 at a time. And, um, and applied it to the financial industry. It worked really well. Eventually applied it to a medical startup company, created an extra, uh, a couple million dollars in revenue for that company in the first year. Uh, as, as a matter of fact, it also almost doubled the size of our sales team from 25 to almost 50 people in that first year, taught it to the rest of the team. And we created eight figures in revenue uh, just from this LinkedIn process. And so, um, you know, people started asking questions like, hey, what is it that you guys are doing on LinkedIn? Because obviously you're doing something that works. I started teaching people um, just for free and they said, you know, we just paid someone a lot of money for this information mm-hmm. and uh, your strategy is way better than theirs. I, I, it fits much better with our business than, than what someone else uh, taught us to do. Mm-hmm. And so it started building my confidence because I never really thought this uh, as a thing that I would ever 
teach people to do or do mm -hmm. for people or like being like the LinkedIn guy, yeah. like, like people know me for right now. And it was never, never in my career path. And um, so I eventually started building a course uh, to teach people so that when people asked about the strategy, I could just, instead of just teaching the same thing over and over again, I could actually just like send them a link. Mm -hmm. Right. And, um, uh, and, and then one thing led to another, I, 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 I was actually an equity partner in that medical startup company, left all of that on the table and started teaching this to people more full time as a, as a coach consultant, uh, for, for my clients, uh, landed some really cool clients right out of the starting gate. People like Billy Jean came right out of the starting gate, mm -hmm. um, inside of a lot of Facebook groups and stuff like that. People would ask, Hey, who's a LinkedIn guru? Because Gary V talks about LinkedIn all the time. And people would say, who's the guy to learn from? And a lot of people would drop my name because I was in different masterminds and stuff. And people, people knew who I was because of that. Um, started landing cool clients like, like Brad Lee, people that, you know, speak at Grant Cardone's 10 X con and stuff. Mm -hmm. And just started landing some really cool clients. One thing leads to another TikTok becomes a client and they're like the fastest growing company in the world yeah, right now. Yeah. And, and we have a, 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 an amazing, uh, case study that we, that we, of a result we got for, uh, for TikTok, and, and so now we've really been able to position ourselves as the authority. And right now we have uh, just in lead baller alone about 40, 40 to 50 active clients. And over the next year, we're, we're projecting um, uh, over a thousand uh, just in the next year. Um, and so that's how one thing kind of led to another. But to go back to your original question, like it, it, it just it just happened from I didn't have the confidence to at first to believe that I could be someone that charged people money for this information. Mm -hmm. uh, it, as a matter of fact, when I started leaving that medical startup and, um, and started saying to myself that, Hey, I'm going to go, um, into a business where I'm teaching people this and they're paying me for that. Mm -hmm. I really struggle with the imposter syndrome so bad, you know, of, of not only am I not just now, like my whole life when I was selling, I was just selling someone else's thing. Now I'm selling my thing and I'm, I'm not just selling my thing. I'm selling Jimmy is good enough. Jimmy yeah. is so good that not only should you give me money, but you should go into debt <laughs> to, uh, to, to buy my services because it is going to help you that much. It took mm. a lot of, uh, a lot of self-belief and, and that first year, even though I made a lot of mistakes of, of understanding that, Hey, coaching and consulting isn't what energizes me as, as much. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm still glad I went through that because it forced me to take that, that self doubt and like, just, you know, crush through, crush through that wall in Definitely. that first year. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. mindset is a huge component to being successful. And, you know, the more you do it, obviously the more confident you get, the bigger your clients get and the more success that you have, the more confidence you, you gain. So, I mean, let's do this. I mean, give us a little taste of some techniques. Oh man. Well, I can give you guys, there's, there's four steps and, uh, we'll get into the weeds as much as you want us to get into the weeds. Uh, Cause keep in mind, I'm not, I'm not selling the information anymore. This isn't a thing where I, I give you like three fourths of the information and then mm -hmm. you have to pay me for the other fourth. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm an open book. So, um, there's really four steps that I, I recommend people take on LinkedIn. Phase one is profile optimization. And, um, you know, what I suggest is very different than what a lot of people suggest, because I recommend you don't have a LinkedIn profile that is set up like a landing page or a billboard. I recommend that you keep in mind that the people that you're targeting on LinkedIn are also being targeted by your competitors and they're spamming them. And so 
if they've already been spammed by 50 other people look just like your profile, do you think they're going to want to accept your connection request? Or when you ask them for a coffee that they're going to want to say yes to that coffee because they know where it's going to go. Right. So, uh, and I can get further into the weeds on that, but uh, just understand that you got to play a different game. You got to break the rules a little bit of what everyone else is doing. Mm-hmm. Everyone else is trying to position themselves as their most fake professional version of themselves mm-hmm. on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. And what a lot of my clients are doing is they're running in the opposite direction. They're trying to go for authenticity, vulnerability. Like I helped my, my, uh, my wife, I just got married a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. I helped her with her LinkedIn profile uh, uh, two or three years back and her about section. Everyone else brags of like, I did this, I did this, I did this, I did this. Hers is her first line is a quote from her rejection letter into nursing school. And then she put down like how she interpreted that, like you're, you're, you'll never be a nurse. You're not good enough. You're not wanted. And then she gave context about, uh, about how she was rejected four times before she ever got into nursing school. Then at the very bottom, she put the prayer that she prayed during those times, the lessons she learned from it and how it changes her perspective on what it means to be a nurse now uh, versus when she was first getting into it. And the result that she got from that when everyone else is trying to look like, you know, like the most, again, most professional fake, you know, stat sheet kind of thing. Um, and by the way, someone will always beat you at that game. Someone is always better than your stats, right? Keep that in mind. So play a different game. She played a different game of being just a real human being, authentic, being a yeah. bright light, being a real authentic human being. And she had C-level executives of different hospitals reaching out to her to have meetings to hopefully get her to work at their hospital, which does not happen in the nursing field, mm-hmm. just so you guys know. So profile optimization, you just got to understand that it is okay. You now, I, I give you the freedom to break the rules from what everyone else is doing on their profile. Don't look like your competitors. Look like an intriguing, intriguing person, like just a real authentic human being. And you will beat everyone else at a completely different game. So that's, that's phase one. Mm-hmm. Is that helpful? Yeah. Yeah. Let's go to phase two. Heck yeah. All right. Well, phase two is pretty simple guys. It's targeting. And um, I do recommend that people check out sales navigator. So if you don't already know, um, LinkedIn has a free version and it has a couple of paid versions, but the, the most expensive version besides the recruiter version is, uh, sales navigator. Sales navigator. And, uh, I recommend you do it. Yeah. Sales navigator. It's like 80 bucks a month. And again, most people aren't willing to do that. It's, I also talked about you know, like finding what are the degrees of separation from, from you and what everyone else is willing to do and do those things that other people aren't willing to do. You can do a 30 day free trial sales navigator. If you use Google it, that's the best place to find it and uh, sign up for that because it is basically LinkedIn's free pass, $80 pass for you to do prospecting on LinkedIn. So, I mean, you can even save people as leads and things like that using sales navigator. Um, and, And you can also filter, like if you wanna make sure that the only people that you're talking to are CEOs of companies with no less than 1,000, 5,000, or even 10,000 employees, you can, you can make that your reality on LinkedIn and you can play the numbers game. You can fish in those ponds versus, mm-hmm. you know, like other places where you go to find, <laughs> go to find business, you're going to get all kinds of characters, right? And so LinkedIn's filtering just allows you to make sure that you are only talking to the most qualified people. So when you're prospecting, you are prospecting with the, with the big league type people. So um, phase two is targeting. And I just recommend that you, you, you know, take that risk of, 
of, of doing the $80 a month for sales navigator, do the free trial. You can connect with about 30 to 50 people a day. It's okay. If you don't know these people, you can have 30,000 connections on LinkedIn. So it's implied that you're going to be connecting with people that you don't know, but you would like to know. Right. So, um, so yeah, there, that's, that's the main thing with, with phase two is just making so, sure that you are being very specific in your targeting. So in, in phase two, there's no paid advertisement. You're just going out there and prospecting, you're using the filters and you're just contacting people who you think might be a viable option. Yeah. That's so funny that you say that. Cause I forget like paid ads isn't, is my thing. I'm all about, all about organic. And so uh, I, I sometimes like oversell the $80 a month, you know, like just mm-hmm. do it. But, but yeah, you're right, man. The reality is that the alternative for, for getting leads at, at this kind of level is spending, you know, a lot of money on ads and stuff. Mm-hmm. So there's, yeah, there's no ad spend. Um, $80 a month gives you the free ticket. LinkedIn gives you the ticket to do prospecting on LinkedIn That's and amazing. you can connect with 30 to 50 people a day. Uh, um, well, at least, that's how many connection requests I would send from the search results that you pull up. And again, be very specific, be very picky about those searches because there's 600 million people on LinkedIn. So even if you're only trying to talk to people with a very specific job title at a certain size company mm-hmm. um, and all those things, certain industry, uh, certain zip code, whatever, um, you, you'll still have a decent number of people show up in that search result. So always start very micro niche mm-hmm. and then expand from there. Oh, that's interesting because, you know, a lot of people, I mean, aside from this type of business, of course, you know, uh, I guess now we're talking more about how to build your business versus sure. versus how to be a, uh, uh, I guess, a marketer or, or working for somebody uh, to build their business. Uh, but a lot of people want to build their business, and this is a great way to do it. But what about local type businesses? Somebody who doesn't really want to uh, scavenge the entire United States. Uh, can you get that detail to where you're in San Antonio? Uh, mm-hmm. Or I should say San Antonio because you don't know where I'm at. <laughs> San Antonio. <laughs> okay, so I'm located in San Antonio, Texas, obviously. And then uh, so we're in the videography, photography business. And so if we wanted to hone in on somebody who's uh, like just saying needs headshots. And so we'd we'd hone in on that particular, um, uh, let's see, some the decision makers, mm-hmm. let's just say, for headshot and headshot photography. Uh, could you do that through this program, through this uh, platform? Absolutely. Yeah, you can make sure that they're in San Antonio and even more specifically within 10 miles of a specific zip code. You can make sure that their seniority level, so not just their job title, but their seniority level is either owner, partner, or C blank O. Mm-hmm. Um, you could make sure that they have a certain number of employees at their company. So you're actually talking about larger potential contracts. And you know, you, you probably know this. I, I don't know it as much, but I'm sure there's certain companies, once they get to a certain size, doing those pictures is just like a routine thing. Like they have a go-to person for that. Mm-hmm. And you could be that established vendor. So uh, absolutely. Yeah, you can get that micro. That's amazing. I mean, because with the, with the creative entrepreneur, obviously, we were looking for creatives. We, we want to know who, uh, you know, how you built your business, what you did, some of the challenges, some of the mm-hmm. habits that you're, you're, you're doing on a daily basis to build your business. And as a creative, that's just one of those things, you know, utilizing the resources that we have available to ourselves to build your business. And, you know, I guess a lot of people overlook LinkedIn because it's, it's a, it's a, to me, in my perspective, I've always looked at it it's as a as a resume. You know, if you you want somebody to know what you've done, how you did it, or whatever, you'd send them a, a LinkedIn uh, link, 
and they look over your stuff and, and, and that's the way it is. But I, you know, I graduated from, from Austin and I remember them saying that it's a great way for you to look for leads for job prospecting, you need to look for a job, but I didn't think about it as a way for us to build our business. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was, I, I've, I've heard of podcast interviews uh, with the founders of LinkedIn and they said like, yeah, that is our phase one. And we're way past phase one again, 600 million users, right? Phase one, our, our uh, go to market strategy is to be an online resume. Right. And that's why certain people, uh, or a large part of the population doesn't even realize that mm-hmm. um, uh, that it, it's it's evolved way past that, you know. Because and and now what's really cool is like even if like most people on on LinkedIn right now are not looking for a job, uh, uh, so but it's just one of those things. Like if you work at a at a certain size company, mm-hmm. you you kind of like they they pretty much make you create a LinkedIn profile. Uh, it's something that people are now like more more so obligated to do whether you're looking for a job or not. Uh-huh. And so, um, yeah, I mean, and what's, what's awesome is uh, like one of my favorite podcasts is how I built this. You can pretty much get, talk to any, any of the people on how I built this, any people that were being interviewed, uh-huh. you get, like they're all on LinkedIn, the C-level executives of extremely well-known and well-accomplished companies. If, if you're looking for opportunities to talk to you know, like, you know, big time C-level executives, uh, LinkedIn is a platform where they're responding and that they're typically managing, managing their own account. That's crazy, man. That's, that's a, that's a real eye opener for me. And I'm sure for a lot of people, once this goes out and people start to understand a little bit more about how LinkedIn can benefit them, how they can grow their business. I think it's going to start to change the way they look at the platform. Uh, for, like I said, for me, from my perspective, it was just a, a resume building uh, platform for me. And it was just a way for me to look for jobs if I needed to uh, with regard to my expertise. But uh, so, so let's go into phase three. Tell me a little bit about phase three. Phase three. Uh, so this is where most people, if you have a LinkedIn profile, like you can all like sil- silently nod with me here. But if, if you you guys probably get spammed a lot. If you have a LinkedIn profile, you probably get hit up a bunch of people just selling you tons of garbage. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and maybe some of it's not garbage, but there's just so much of it that it really just feels like everything's garbage. And so, and these are people that you've never had any dialogue with before. The first time you've ever seen them show up is in your inbox trying to sell you something. And so we try to change that. And, um, there's actually a lot of people that, you know, you might know through Facebook, LinkedIn, other social media platforms who, you guys haven't spoken on the phone before one-on-one, um, but you have, you are connected on, on that social media platform and, you, and you've engaged with some of their stuff. You've liked the pictures of their kids and commented on a few things. And, and now you've become, there's like this online sort of uh, platonic relationship, even if it's, you know, just like a, a, a an acquaintance. Mm. And, uh, and if one of you were to reach out, you would you would you would be pretty open minded to it because you've seen each other show up enough times where you're kind of curious about what that person has going on. Mm-hmm. So that's the situation that we we look to create for our clients on a, on a more regular basis, and that we we tell our clients to do is creating familiarity. These people that you very specifically targeted, you can do things not just to show up in their timeline. But there's things you can do to guarantee that your name and your face shows up before you ever reach out to them. 
and that's by showing up in their notifications. And so what are the list of things that you could do to show up in a prospect's notifications? Well, one of the things is you just engage with their content. You can go to every person's LinkedIn profile, see all activity, go to their post history and start engaging, you know, liking, commenting on their posts. And that's a guaranteed way, again, to show up in their notifications for them to get an alert. I get, I get emails from LinkedIn alerting me that a certain name just engage with one of my posts. Like that is a really easy way to get your name to show up to your prospect. Uh, as simple as that sounds. And I hope people don't overlook the simple advice I get because that's some of the best stuff. Um, but just engaging with some of the content. Um, what's really cool about LinkedIn too is that it will notify you when someone views your profile. So just by viewing your prospect's profile, they will become aware of who you are because they'll get a notification saying that Jimmy Coleman just viewed your profile, which is an amazing thing. Again, I mentioned that LinkedIn is the best platform for you to connect to people that you don't know, but you'd like to know is also the best place for you to start building relationships. LinkedIn finds um, a lot of opportunities for you to create like an open door for you to open the door to having a relationship with someone, mm-hmm. uh, your work anniversaries. I don't really think it's a thing. That's a thing that people congratulated people about prior to LinkedIn very much. But now LinkedIn is like, you get notified every time it's someone's work anniversary. And I got like 29,000 connections now. So there's like, <laughs> there's a lot of work anniversaries every day. Happy. Every time someone has a birthday, you get notified and not just that, but you're two clicks away from sending happy birthday because it says, say happy birthday. There's a button. You click it, the message is typed out. All you got to do is click send. They're trying to get you to interact with these people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's another way to show up in their notifications and, and talk about something completely separate from business just, and just congratulate them. One of my favorite things is, uh, is endorsements. So um, not recommendations to be clear, but endorsements. These are like the 20 to 50 skills that people put on their profile that they want their connections to endorse them for. Customer service, maybe for you it's photography. Um, uh, leadership, public speaking, entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. These are skills that people put on their profile and hope that other people endorse them for those things. And the reason that they're valuable is because if someone is searching photography and let's say I'm, I'm a photographer and I have a hundred people that have endorsed me for photography, but, but you have had a thousand people, then there's a better chance that you're going to show up ahead of me in photography. That's mm-hmm. how LinkedIn uses it for their algorithm essentially. Um, now the reason that I care about the, the endorsement feature is when I click the button to endorse someone for a skill, let's say leadership, they're going to get a notification. It's going to have my face. It's going to have my name. So at the very least I've shown up, they're aware of who I am. Right. And they have an opportunity to actually like click on my profile, get to, get to see me. But then it says, Jimmy Coleman just endorsed you for leadership and maybe three other skills. And then there's a big blue button that says, say thanks. It's the largest part of that notification. They click that button, a message auto-populates. It says, thanks for endorsing me for leadership. All that person has to do is click send. And so imagine doing this 50 times a day with people that you are specifically trying to to do business with. 50 times a day, people that I are A plus prospects of mine that are highly targeted are two clicks away from starting a conversation with me. And now at that point, all I need to do is just reply back to them. And it's rude if I don't, as a matter of fact. So this was just like a fun thing that I found out because um, again, rewinding, rewind back to five years ago, I was like connecting with these people. I was like, shoot, like I don't want to just keep spamming people. I'm burning bridges left and right. 
what is another way in? And most people, most people give up right there mm-hmm. uh, and just say, screw it. I'm going to spam this person. And for me, it was like just you know continuing to experiment. I did this endorsement thing one time and boom, the next day I had like 10, 15 messages in my inbox from people that I endorsed saying, thanks for endorsing me for leadership. And I would just, you know, roll with it. I'd say, you know, sure thing, John, um, by the way, um, you know, and then, and then kind of get into phase four essentially with, um, how to, how to have a copywriting that converts really well. Right. Um, but that would, that was something that kept showing up on a regular basis. And even if someone didn't send me that message, if I knew I endorsed them a few times and they've seen my facial a few times, I felt pretty comfortable with sending them a cold message because they, I know that they've seen my face a few times. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, absolutely. Man, that's uh, that's amazing. I'm so glad that you're on here because <laughs> there's so many <laughs> ideas that are going through my head right now. My head's about to explode. Mm, um, it's okay. Look, I guess let me ask you a question with regard sure. to to uh, phase three. And so when you're you're contacting these folks, uh, sometimes I think, I mean, like mine, it, it was kind of lengthy as far as the the endorsement. Do you, are you terse about it? Is it is it a short? Or is it standard for everybody? Yeah, I, I just go for it. I just click the you know, leadership, you know, customer service, whatever, uh, and and don't think twice about it. Fifty times a day uh, with someone who's a pro. If they're if I know that I connect to them because they're a prospect, then I'll do it. Mm-hmm. And there's there are automation tools that can help people with with that. There's a lot of bad ones. There's also uh, some good ones too that you mm-hmm. you can while you're sleeping and endorse people. Okay. Well, let's let's go with phase four. Cool. Yeah. Well, I guess at this point they have either sent you like, thank you, or mm-hmm. you've at least created enough of familiarity for you to where it's appropriate for you to send a message to them and putting aside, what should I say? More importantly to me, I think it's more important uh, in order for you to get noticed because people get spammed a lot. How am I going to send it? So you have a few options, right? You could type something up, uh, whether it's something extremely copy and paste scalable or something very carefully worded and personalized, mm-hmm. you could type something. Or here's what I suggest. Do something that looks completely different than what than everything else that's in, in their inbox. Especially the higher up you go, the more flooded their inbox is. So I want to send something that's going to look different than everything else in their inbox. And so what I what I have my clients send is one of two things. Either an audio message so if you have the LinkedIn app on your phone, just like a, like Instagram and Facebook, you can do this. Mm-hmm. You can say, hey, what's up, John? Um, and then, you know, just do do an audio message. And, you know, ideally it's under 30 seconds. Um, so you don't obligate them to listen to a really long message. Yeah. But it's going to show up as, as an audio message and it's going to look completely different. And I would, at this stage in 2020, most people that you send that to right now, it's going to be the first audio message they've ever received. So they're probably going to check it out. Right. Mm-hmm. And they feel like it's more human. They can feel your personality and the more human it feels the better. Right. We talked about that in phase one. Uh, I love using the example of like when I know that I'm getting messaged by someone's bot, I don't feel bad about ignoring that at all. Like I, I don't even, it doesn't even phase me. Like if I know it's a bot sending it to me, I don't feel bad about ignoring that message at all. And I shouldn't, mm-hmm. but think of a scenario like, like level 10 where I'm someone sitting right next to me or like they're walking to me in person and they go to shake my hand. It could be the most 
person I hate more than anyone in the world, but they go to shake my hand and I, if I don't shake their hand back, like I'll have a hard time sleeping that night, even if I hated them. Like I just won't feel like a good human being about that. And so when we're doing outreach, how can we make the, uh, the outreach feel as personalized as possible while still being somewhat scalable Mm -hmm. and as close to that, that, making the person feel a little more obligated to respond to our message, right? The audio message does a really good job of that. Another cool thing you can do is pop a quick video in there Hmm. um, and just say, and and, yeah, same thing you would say over audio, but do a quick video. It could be like, I could be like right here doing a, (laughs) doing a video for someone and just say, Hey, came across your profile. You could say some of the most generic things that would normally be bad copy because it looks like it was sent to thousands of people, but because you sent it over a video or an audio, it affords you uh, to be a little bit looser with your language and less personalized with your language because it, they, they're not questioning as much whether this was sent to thousands of people or not. Uh-huh. Right. And so just getting them to getting them to actually check it out is f- like the first step in, in phase four, I call it stand outreach outreach that stands out. Um, and so do something that's either, you know, typically, uh, a, you know, audio or video is, is the first thing I would say. What do you say? What yeah, do you say yeah, to these people? That was going to be my question. <laughs> uh, and you have a couple options. Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> so like, okay, I'm going to do an audio video. Like, but what am I going to say to them? Um, you have two options again. Option one is something very direct. And the purpose of that would be to schedule a call. And if they say yes to it, then it is a very qualified lead because you are so direct. And it's something like, you know, hey, John, uh, I've been checking out your profile for the past few days and saw that you guys are in the insurance industry. We actually just got X result for another client in the insurance industry last month. Uh, would you be open minded to maybe just hopping on the phone and seeing if there's an opportunity for us to you know, do business together down the line? What do you think? Something like that. Yeah. Pretty That's simple, awesome. right? Uh, and it's, I say convert or die, and it sounds like it's very aggressive, but mm-hmm. it's its actually something that sounds very fair, right? You guys are LinkedIn connections. Sometimes I'll even throw in like jokes, like, or we can just stick to this whole like platonic LinkedIn connection thing. And that's fine too. <laughs> you know, and I laugh it off. And again, because it's an audio message, they can hear my me laugh about it. And, it's, yeah. and it, it feels like it's a real human being talking to them, right? So that's really important. The other option you have is doing what I call a lead magnet right? So offering them something for free that requires them to opt in to some level, right? So uh, I'll give you guys an example for my business. Like one of the things we've done in the past is we say, hey, sure thing, John. Uh, I actually have a free Facebook group for people that want to learn how to grow their business using LinkedIn. Uh, Do you want me to send you a free, um, uh, an invite? And people say yes, they sign up. And one of the questions that are asked when they when they request to join, I'm about to give you guys a peek behind the curtains, by the way, mm-hmm. is um, we say, why do you want to join the group? And most people say, well, to learn how to grow my business using LinkedIn, because I kind of program them to, to say something like that when I sent them the message. And then I ask for their email to for a welcome uh, a video. And but then we also send a, a separate message from it comes from my assistant introducing them to our sales guy and if they said something along the lines of they said that they want to learn how to grow their business using linkedin well tina sends a message to them and harry and it says hey something along like hey harry just spoke with john here what he requested to join the group and said you want to learn how to grow his business using linkedin uh could you hop on the phone with him sometime and and see if we could help him out with that 
you know, something like that. And, and boom, now you got a call scheduled and they're in your community. And if you, if you nurture that relationship inside that community, you're going to have a lot more people signing up for your stuff too, because you can now nurture that. Now they're part of your tribe as well. So Facebook groups are great for that. LinkedIn groups, even this podcast, like you could do like a 10 minute podcast thing. It's a great way to build relationships with people. And you could just do 10 minute podcast episodes if you wanted to and ask, you know, certain qualifying questions in those 10 minutes. And then when you're offline, if you're a slick salesperson, you can like, you know, segue that into more of a sales conversation if you wanted. That's another mm-hmm. thing you could do. Some people offer free eBooks, give them something easy for them to say yes to. That's a cool value add. Whenever someone says no to me, by the way, I always like say, Hey, like no worries at all. Um, and I, I, I send them a free audiobook because I, I have uh, audible on my phone. Mm-hmm. I send them a free audiobook of a book. I think they'd enjoy based off of what job title they have. Like, Hey, it's all that you're in sales. Like this is one of my favorite sales books. Here you go. And again, most people aren't doing stuff like that. Like that's something that's going to make you uh, be remembered. Uh, so I don't know, hopefully that helps. But the main thing with phase four is do send something that's going to stand out because of the way that it looks. Mm-hmm. And then when it comes to actually what you say, you can either be very direct, keep it short and to the point though, or you can send something that's going to be a little bit more of a lead magnet and make them opt into your community. So I'm curious about the, the audible. I mean, I, I know you said that you'll send them that. Is it, is it going to be like a, an affiliate so that they have to sign when they sign up, you get a, you get a, I, yeah, I, no. So, so no, there's no affiliate thing. Um, it's like, if you have an audible account, any book that you download and I've had it now for like five years. So I have a lot of audibles, uh-huh. audiobooks, and, uh, um, I can pretty much send any book I've read to, uh, to people. It's like, you know, send this book. And I think that there's a restriction that you can only send it like 10 times. Like there, there's a couple books that I can't send to people anymore because mm-hmm. I've maxed it out. Um, and, uh, but yeah, that's, it's just a, it's just a feature on audible. That's awesome. I mean, yeah. okay. So let me get this straight. So you want to make sure that your LinkedIn profile is unique and, uh, you want to make sure that you are sincere and original, and then you want to make sure that you hone in on the particular type of market that you're going to look at using mm-hmm. the, uh, what was it again? The sales and Sales navigator. Sales right. navigator. And then three, you want to be unique as to, as far as to, uh, the, well, actually, you want to do the endorsements, right? The endorsements is the big the big thing. And That's the, the easy one, right? Yeah, you could just, endorsements are the easiest. You can engage with people's content and stuff. Engage endorsements with Endorsements are yep. super easy, yeah. So, and then after, after they respond or thank you or engage with you, after you've built that rapport with regard to, you know, engaging with them uh, on their on their profile, you do it in a way that is unique. Yeah. Right? It just looks it, at the very least, it looks different. Like, uh, you know, when people do email marketing, they, the, the main thing they talk about is open rates, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like get them to, to at least listen to what you have to say. And most of the time when people send me these paragraphs, I'm not reading your paragraph thing. Uh, one, because I knew it was copied and pasted and two, because I don't want to be obligated to like read like it just looks like <laughs> it just it just looks like every everything everyone else is selling me it looks like that and so i'm gonna send something that looks different from everyone else and then you and then you'll offer something of value either either 100%. something for free or or um, something that is is near their their i guess their market 
or what mm-hmm. you well, originally what you were you were soliciting them for or I guess prospecting them for and then uh, offer them something of value right and then uh, all the all the tail end stuff you generate that you build that up uh, before you do all this is that what you do like if you know you you get your landing pages together you get all the I mean obviously you've you've written a lot of stuff so you make sure that you have all that in place before you start to prospect or, or offer something of value. Is that what you do? Yeah, I mean, and if you don't, if you don't have all these, like if you don't have a Facebook group or something, let's say, right, mm-hmm. then, you know, go for the more direct approach. Like there, there isn't, we're playing, the, what we're doing is we're finding a more elusive way to play the numbers game that doesn't make the person on the receiving end feel like they're a number. Gotcha. And that's the problem with the numbers game, right, is that typically you're going to look like a vendor because you're just, it looks like you're spamming people, mm-hmm. but because you're sending these videos and stuff like that, and you're engaging with their content beforehand, um, you're not going to make them feel like you're just treating them like a number. And so if you're more direct in your, in your first message to them, you've afforded yourself to be able to do that because of the way you've gone about warming it up and, and what you're sending to them. So if you do want to say something and the, the traditional like direct format is like, Hey, um, sure thing. Uh, by the way, I actually just got X result for another company in the X industry or whatever. Um, you know, would you be open minded to having a conversation about, you know, whether we could do, you know, something similar for you guys. Super simple. Yeah, man. I'm so glad I have you on the show today. (laughs) I was like, you just, just blown my mind about a bunch of stuff. And so these four phases, we're definitely going to put them on the show notes make sure that everybody has all the information. Uh, I want to say that we're getting close to the end of the podcast, but I don't want to leave. I just want to keep talking, but we got to keep it, keep it at least within the 30 minute range, sometimes 40. It's okay. (laughs) Uh, But I'd like to know if there's some words of wisdom, some rules that you live by. Oh my gosh. Well, uh, my team is in another office right now, but there are certain things I like say every single day. Uh, you've heard me talk about finding the degrees of separation, right? Mm-hmm. And and doubling down on those things. Um, we've uh, we've talked a little bit about breaking the rules. I'm a huge fan of that as well. Um, uh, I, I I I talk a lot about <laughs> one of the things. This is this isn't going to sound too wise, but like you know, if it makes dollars, it makes sense. Uh, is another thing I say all the time. But that's just a big, a big thing we look at when we're making decisions is just trying to simplify our decision-making. Um, but here's, here's some cool words of wisdom, wisdom. Cause I looked into some of the, the, the type of people that your um, that your listeners are. And I want to give some context here. I, I left that company that I had equity in. Uh, it was February 15th, 2019. It's 2020 now, May, 2020, a year ago. I had, it was just me working, you know, I, I had this company as, and it was just me. Um, fast forward a year later, we've, we've worked with all those clients that I've said we've worked with some, some of the most well-known famous companies in the world. Um, a, a year from now, we're already projecting that we're going to be um, having, like right now we have like about nine employees. Um, a year from now, we're probably going to have over a hundred employees and over a thousand clients just on lead baller alone. And so I say some of that to like, I I hope it doesn't sound like bragging. Like I I think that this audience just like needs to hear that. Um, Absolutely. Because it's, it's really, it's cool how it's kind of come out of nowhere. And it's, it's sometimes hard to believe. Like I remember doing my first podcast too. And like how nervous I was for that. 
Um, and <laughs> I told, I told you, I, this is my second podcast today, uh, that I've done. That's why I'm a little hoarse, but, uh-huh. um, you know, like I just, I just want to like really, uh, empower you guys to like find the thing that you're obsessed over, be very intentional with what, what gives you energy. And sometimes it isn't like, Ooh, like talking about nutrition gives me energy. Maybe it's more about, um, making sure the size of what you're chasing after is big enough to get you out of bed in the morning. Like that's, that's a big thing for me. Like I feel it is hard to get out of bed. If I know what I'm going to be working on that day, isn't going to amount to much or matter a hundred years from now. Right. So, um, no one wakes up early for realistic goals. That's a big thing. That, that's another big thing I talk about all the time. So uh, I, I highly recommend that the people listening definitely like just go all in. You could, you could easily go from one year just being more like a freelancing coach or whatever, mm-hmm. entrepreneur. No one knows who you are. No authority at all. The next year to having tons of authority and like mm-hmm. uh, someone, someone asked me in the previous podcast, like if you had an extra $10,000, like what would you spend on? Like, dude, that's already accounted for. Like, we're spending so much money right now growing our business. Um, but like, but like a year ago, like $10,000, like that would have meant so much to us. Right. Yeah. So like, like that is right in front of you. Like it is, it is on your, like your, your fingertips are so close to that opportunity. If it's something that you're actually pursuing the, the, the difficulty is that not everyone is pursuing that. There are people that are the same stage as you are. You're a solo entrepreneur and some, some of these people are, are looking for it to stay that way. The size of the opportunity that they're chasing after is, is small. Um, but as long as the size of the opportunity you're chasing is big and you stay persistent and you don't quit when everyone else does, you find the degrees of separation, right? All those things. Then like a beautiful thing happens when you just don't quit. Yeah. Yeah, man. So that's awesome. That's Great advice. I mean, uh mindset is huge and finding your motivation, getting everything, just, there's a lot of times that people just don't have that, that ability to think that, not that they don't have the ability, but they're, they're so myopic about their progress and how big they can get or what they can do. It's like, oh man, I can't afford that. I can't do that. And then it, once you get past that and you start to understand that, that, yeah, I can do that. Everybody is, you know, you have these capabilities that you don't even realize. And if you put that into, into motion, we tend as humans to follow through with that. So if you have a goal, reach for it, you know, find your motivation. Sometimes we get put into situations that, that force us to go and do what we need to do. And then we realize our capabilities. And then all of a sudden we're like, man, I can't believe I just did that. I was able to do that. And because I had to, I lost my job, or, you know, I got divorced or whatever the case may be. But yeah, man, it's, it's mindset is, is huge. How can our listeners get a hold of you? Yeah. I mean, obviously they can look me up on LinkedIn. Uh, so look up Jimmy Coleman on LinkedIn. It'll probably say something about chief giving officer, growing give or founder of lead baller. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, our website is leadballer.com. So, um, yeah, that's some of our information there, but yeah, LinkedIn's an easy one. Awesome. Awesome. Well, there you go, guys. Jimmy Coleman, man, you're an inspiration to me and to our listeners. And I'm so glad to have had you on the show today. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. Awesome. Well, guys, if you haven't done so already, please subscribe. Check out the creativeentrepreneur.net. Definitely check out the show notes because we're going to have all this information. And my mind is blown. I can't believe it. You know, LinkedIn, we're going to start hitting it up. It's going to be the best thing that we've ever done. So check out creativeentrepreneur.net. And until next week, keep on keeping on. 
Thank you for listening to The Creative Entrepreneur. Please click the show notes for additional information. Want to know more? Click on the subscribe button and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by visiting us at tcepodcast.net.